Yo. What up, what up? What up, man? Welcome uh, to our Thanksgiving edition of the Carbon Footprint. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. What, what are we on? 29? Episode 29? Shit. Or is it 30? I think you're right. No, I don't think it's 30. Nah, I don't think, I don't think we're on magic shit. number 30 yet. Nah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no, nah, we got to be 29. Yeah, 29, man. Episode 29. Love yeah. it. Love it. Welcome. 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 Another episode. Um, this is where uh, Mr. Lorenzo Juan and myself, Sean, we get together once a week, have a couple of drinks. Talk about things that interest us and try to focus on things that are making an impact in the world, whether they be good, bad, or otherwise. So what's on the menu for today, sir? Yeah, man, as you guys know, we like to have a little drink every week. Uh, last couple of weeks, we, we've done a vodka, some tequila. We're back on the red wine today. So we're doing a little Malbec called uh, Ilodia Valle del Pedenal Cuyo. So um, it's, a little, um, it's a little Malbec from, uh, what's this from? I have no idea. I did buy it. You did buy it. It's from Mendoza. Wine- it's Argentina's. Another one from Winetex. It's it's amazing. So it's rated a ninety three. It's pretty good. It's really good. Yeah, if you guys haven't checked out Winetex, um, check them out. Like I said, it's th- their price ranges are pretty much all over the place, but you can definitely buy um, cheaper wines. Um, they dis they discount them really heavily, and it's pretty easy. You just type in a number. You, they send you a text if you like it. You type in a number, and then you that number of bottles shows up to your house at some point in the future i haven't done it yet man because it's too dangerous for me oh, for, it, it to be, is. for it to be that easy i consume too much the, the first time i did it i was like <laughs> i got a text and, and i just hit like two send and then i was like and a few days later and i'm like is that it actually like i said and, and the, the the shipping on it is not that fast oh, okay so okay. it's not like you get it in a couple of days it's usually like a week later Maybe even maybe even ten days later, because I have there's been times when I forget about it, and then a couple of bottles show up to the house, and it's like, oh, cool, dude. Amazon has ruined our expectations. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For shipping, bro. I, for shipping. Shipping is really expensive, actually, man. In any of you know for, for anything. For, yeah. It's it, and it's funny, man. You know how uh, um, there's always the argument that Amazon is killing small business, um, and obviously from a price perspective, right? Because they can outprice you. But I would argue too is that psychologically, what they're doing is they're getting the consumers so used to this two day shipping or this same day shipping or this next day shipping that if these other um, businesses, whether it be small or big, don't offer that, we're out. So you're not even yeah. you don't even have to beat us with the price. You're beating us with the convenience of it, and you're basically like just shunning everyone else out because of that. Like I've literally gone on websites and looked at something. It's like, that's ah, going to take five days. Nope. I'm out. And I just won't buy the thing, which is hilarious because it's like, I'd rather not have it than if I can't have it the next day. Like how dumb is that? <laughs> like, you just, you just and spoiled, man. No. And it's never nothing that I need like right away. Right. It's just, cause if you need it right away, right. Then you figure out the next day shipping or whatever. But sometimes it's just something that I'm like, Oh, I want that. And then I'm like, nah, I gotta wait five days. <laughs> like, it's so bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo, man, I got a carbon footprint of the week um, goes out to uh, the Miami Marlins um, this week. I think actually I think it was last week, right, where they hired um, they hired the first female um, general manager, um, Kim Eng. So a couple of firsts there, obviously first female, um, first Asian-American as well. And um, she's been in the she's actually been doing baseball stuff for like the last 30 years, started, started her career um, with the with the White Sox. Oh, wow. But also had stints with the Yankees, had stints with the Dodgers. Um, I think had some. I think I believe had a stint with just sort of like overall baseball operations with the MLB. With MLB, oh, wow. yeah. And then so now, you know, like I say, huge. You know, huge for 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 women. Not only you know, not only women, but you know, women of color and Asian women, right? So, um, one thing that she had said in her interview, and, and don't quote me, but she basically said something like, 
girls didn't think this was possible. And a lot of us, right? You, a lot of us, you don't, you don't think things are possible until you see it. And so she sort of made that statement like, hey, like now you see it. So yeah, now, you, now, you, now you know now it you... can be done, right? So very much like, like with uh, Kamala Harris. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was, before her, there was no um, females at that high of a level. And, and, now and now they're starting to see that. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's really huge. And, and, so, and I think people think that that doesn't matter or that we focus too much on that representation. But it, it does. Like I've seen like I've told the story here about my son, um, you know, with, with Spider-Man thing. But and also with my daughter, man, I've seen my daughter's had questions and things in the past. Like, oh, she's the first fe- like the first female to do that. What? Like and I, I will say, man, it, and on one breath, it's almost embarrassing that we're still having first um, whether it be for women or for minorities of any kind, like in this day and age in the United States, the fact that we're still having first for women or first for blacks or first for browns or for it, it's kind of bizarre. Um, and it's funny, man. Uh, uh, I read a, a great article um, that was done on Chris Rock, and, and he and they asked him, you know, obviously about everything going on, and 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 Chris Rock is always so thoughtful, man, and, and he and he had this really poignant thought that that I hadn't even considered, and he goes, "Listen, they keep saying we're making progress, we're making progress." He goes, "Like we haven't made progress at all. We've always been like this. The people around us are making progress. The the you know like the whites are making progress, or the Browns who don't support the blacks, or the Asians who don't support, or, or the Asians being supportive of you know like it's everybody else." He goes, "Like we haven't made any progress. We've always been." this good or this capable or this stuff he goes like everyone else so when people go like hey do you feel like you guys have made progress he said like no i feel like everyone else around us has made progress and i uh, and i never considered it from that point of view yeah. that's great and um man shout out to, to king man because that's i think not only is she the the first gm in baseball she's the first gm in any major american sport ever uh woman gm I believe so. Believe so that's yeah, correct. she's 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 crossing a barrier there, and like you said, I hope that uh, that women who see this or little girls who see this go, oh, I don't always have to be a player. Just like with guys, right? You don't always have to be a player. You don't always have to be a coach. You know, like there's room for you in the front office as well and on the executive route when it comes to sports. If if that's your passion, if that's your thing, and now you've seen someone who did it, right? Who who, who basically blazed that trail for you there, man. So sh- shout out to to Kimming. Um, that, that's dope, man. Um, and I, I think that organization has done quietly some really intelligent things. And maybe this is the Yankee bias in me because they're run by Derek Jeter. Jeter. Um, and, and I will be the first to admit when he was first doing stuff, I'm like, man, he's acting like a guy who's on the team for the first time ever. Cause he was making some questionable moves, but he's basically been playing the long game, right? Like he got rid of all the bad contracts like right. Stanton. He got rid of, um, you know, he's put in all these um, uh, uh, this data driven kind of team around him and the team they put together. They made the playoffs last year for the first time in like 15 years or whatever it was. Is he doing like the the whole money ball? Thing? I think like, yeah, the sabermetrics thing right. to an extent. And listen, baseball um, is notorious for doing that. Like the Oakland, the Oakland Athletics, all these guys have put right. like winning teams together. My argument against that has always been. But are you putting a product on the field that people want to watch you aren't from yeah, that hometown? You're putting butts in seats. But you exactly. figure, I mean. Baseball is very regional, right? Yes. And so absolutely. I think if you're winning, the the names don't matter as much. I think the names matter more when you're not winning because you just want to go see that person or those or those people. Um, but when you have a winning organization, when you have a winning team, people will show up. I think so. But baseball is the only sport I feel like that no matter how good you are. Unless you're in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watches either way. But like it's one of those like and I listen and I'm known to go off the deep end on the baseball thing. But to me, it's the only sport, no matter how good you are, unless you're super interesting, 
nobody outside your market watches you. Does that make sense? Like, like the 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 Rays is you stick with the Rays. The Rays, and it pains me to say this, have put together really good teams and have been very smartly run from a baseball perspective, right? Like they're putting on the field like really good players. They're not interesting to watch. I don't think anyone outside of Tampa or outside of outside of the Central Florida area who's a baseball fan is watching the Rays, right? Like people in Missouri or in the Dakotas or wherever right. aren't watching. Whereas you know, like I think the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, they transcend their market. Like people will watch them if they're good, right? If the Yankees just suck, then nobody's watching them. But the Yankees, even if you hate them, you'll watch because you want to watch them lose. None of us are tuning into the race to watch them and lose. I think, I, I think you have to throw Houston in there now, too. Because like, we want to see them lose. You want to see Like them we lose. hate them. But yeah, but it took the story of that, right? Like prior to that story, no one cared, right? Like it wasn't even the baseball part that made them um like national, I don't know, I man. I mean, I think they 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 were really good. They won a couple of championships, and then that came out. One, no, two. it had to be they one. Went to one. I think it was two. I could be wrong. I I don't. I stopped watching kinda... baseball when the Yankees <laughs> get eliminated, so no one's won a title to me since <laughs> since oh <'09. laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah, Yankees last time they won oh nine. The only reason I remember that is because uh, it was a year my daughter was born. Yeah. And I was, and I think I almost dropped her like celebrating. I'm like feeding her, you know, like midnight, you know, that game that they clinch. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like so. Um, but yeah, it was cool. I was like, oh, it's my good luck year. I had a kid, you know, the Yankees won the World Series. Hadn't happened since. But <laughs> that's all you get, man. <laughs> yeah. I got spoiled with the Yankees, man. I will say that like my my youth. Uh, I grew up watching those late '90s teams that had the, you know, those great years in the early 2000s. So, you know, I'll take it, man. If I never see them win again, I'd be disappointed. But I, I got my fair share, so I, yeah. I need them. I need my Titans to go ahead and give me a Super Bowl. I'm good to go. <laughs> I've even Dude, seen that was the a hell of a game yesterday, man. Yeah, listen, I, I'm, they're they're shaky, man. Um, I think just like I've talked about how teams have figured out other players in the league, like Lamar. I think they're equally starting to figure out the Titans. Um, they're starting to figure out Derrick Henry. They're starting to figure out Tannehill. Um, I, I do feel good about the if they can still keep running the ball, um, that trend that transcends really well in the winter when you start playing outside and the weather's bad, you you can't air it out. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, they came up a game short last year. Uh, I feel like they're a better team this year offensively. Defensively, they can't stop anybody. So we'll see, man. Uh, no, nah, man. They they. I mean, that was a great game yesterday. Also, the the late game that KC uh, Raiders. Mm. Dude, Derek Carr. Fun, dude. Looks great. Yeah, dude, not how, good. Bro. How much he of a difference great, is a bro. coach make? The coach, the coach. That's Gruden, dude. Yep. And he had—I can't remember who he had his first year. Uh, with who? With the Raiders. Derek Carr. Derek Carr, his first year with the Raiders. He had a great first year, and I can't remember who the head coach. Uh, was. But he looked great. I remember Derek Carr first year or two. We we're like, this is amazing. And the last like three or four, he fell off. It's been bad, yeah. But John Gruden got something out of Derek Carr, man. That you're like, oh, you okay. know what's funny, man? Like, so I think about so John Gruden had remember his his Raiders team that he had with um. Uh, the, it was a team that he oh. actually played against with um again with when he was with Tampa. Yeah, Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. Yep. Yeah. He went from Rich Gannon, and then he went to Tampa when he had the guy from Florida State. Yeah, he won with um was it Brad Johnson? Brad Johnson. Is it Brad Johnson? Yeah. yeah. Johnson. So they had he had him, and then um it's funny, man, because I look at like when he does like his announcing and stuff, and when he did the whole TV thing. Um, he was doing those those quarterback segments yeah. when he would when he would bring in the college guys and 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 kind of put them to the test and and put them to like the knowledge test and take them out on the field. I wonder if that helped, like even his game, like as a mentor as a coach, maybe made him like yeah. I guess dude, a, knowing the young players right. and how to talk to them. That's a good point, I dude. Because he's, that. I mean, you figure he went from from the booth back to coaching, and then they he took this guy who 
essentially people were giving up on. Yeah. And then yeah, even, don't talk about trading him. Yeah. For, and, no. then, and then even him, right? Then they they bring Mariota in. Yep. And it gave Mariota not backup money. Gave him decent money. They gave money. him decent money. Yeah. And then and then but look at I mean De- Derek Carr. Look at Derek Carr this year is like it's 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 nuts, man. He's bon- and and actually, man, I didn't think Gruden was gonna do well there because of um because of he had been away from the game so long. But to your point, I hadn't I, I discounted the fact that he had been around players. And and obviously football's football, the game is a game, and maybe he knew X's and O's, but the leadership part of it, which is coaching up these guys, he uh, clearly there's something there, man. That and they keep calling him the quarterback whisperer that he has something with yeah, these guys. Yeah, yeah. There's something to it, I guess, man, because Derek Carr looks like a completely different guy. Maybe it's the chip on his shoulder. Maybe I don't know, dude. In. Maybe but I, I don't I'm know, looking man, at but. that guy, man. I'm going, who is this? Dude? They're fun to watch, dude. Like yeah, if the no, Raiders really are good. on, as long as they're not playing like uh, I'm trying to think of a crappy team like the Eagles, I I watch. Like the 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 Raiders are entertaining, like uh, now, and I can't remember the last time I said that, dude. I, I I'm I'm I think that we're missing, like I want to see what the fan base is like in Vegas. In Vegas, it's gonna be non-existent because it's gonna be more. In my opinion, I think it's gonna be more fans for the other team. I don't know, man. I mean, look how they came out and poured out support when the 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 hockey team. I mean, they were big. They were they were the fans came out big for that for that team. And typically, yeah. Vegas doesn't have teams, no, right? No, no, uh, no. Like UNLV. Like no, and no one from there. Vegas is from Vegas, right? Like no one who lives in Vegas is from usually from Vegas. Typically, it's very right. much like a Florida, you know, like where no one no one here is from here, right? Like they came it's, from somewhere. It's else. rare, right? They usually drive big trucks with like. <laughs> yeah. Trump fat, Trump flags on him, dude. I saw this guy, and it was down like in my area. He didn't have a truck; he had a car, but he had one of those big like, like uh, the pirate, pirate ship. Yeah, like the pirate oh, ship flag for the for the Trump, and it was like so I think on the bottom it says like "Stop the bullshit." <laughs> I'm telling you, man. At what point in time is this considered like a mental disorder? It's so wild. I've never seen anything like it, man. It's a cult. It's weird. I don't know how to explain it. Not the Trump thing. It's the passion for it that I find odd. Not who who they're supporting necessarily. It's the how they're supporting, right. I guess, for lack of a better. It's really weird, man. I don't know. But, um, bro, uh, is this the best team LeBron's had? I'm going to shift to the NBA here for a second. Oh. Is this? I think this might the, be the deepest team LeBron has ever had. On paper? Bro, yes. it's like... How did how did they lose? Like they're not gonna lose any games, which is being you know I'm being facetious. Like but. you could start games without LeBron and win. This is how I judge these guys. I'm going, oh, you don't need LeBron to win a game or two. Like you could sit LeBron out when you're playing the Timberwolves on a Wednesday night in January, and you're gonna be fine. But there's no, I like I I don't see, I don't see anybody beating that team. You know, with LeBron in the postseason. No. Dude. Like it's just it's not gonna happen. It's a repeat, I think. I'm mean, I'm gonna say now. Dude, I think it has to be. It has to be. I think if AD and AD has shown glimpses of being great, right? If this is AD's time, and I think LeBron's okay with that uh, of stepping back and going, "This is your team. I want to be a piece on it." And if AD is this dominant guy that we think he is, this is his regular season to prove it because the short rest is going to be big this time around. These guys are getting a short rest and they're starting the season right away. It's going to be a more compact schedule. They're still playing 70-something games, but they have like 40, 45 days less to play it in. Yep. So I think the longevity, the the how fresh you are is going to come big. LeBron has a lot of miles on him. So I think being able to play 20 minutes on on occasionally or maybe not playing at all, um, is going to be big for him, but AD is going to have to step up, I think, and be that alpha and be that that big time player. And I think AB is AD is capable of that. I just is he capable of that consistently? Um, so for those for those people who don't know, run through the acquisitions. Um, so they, they have big changes. They have Dennis Schroeder, who can run an offense. 
they have i really like schroeder man i like them in atlanta and then they you know he went to oklahoma and, and did well with that team on this laker team dude dennis schroeder is gonna ball out that that dude is a consistent 20 point a game yes guy. yeah yeah i think he averages 18 and a half or something, something like, like that, that. Yep. yeah yeah and, and so on this team he's gonna be open a lot he's gonna, he doesn't command a lot of attention he's gonna go off they have Montrez Harrell, and now his brother's on that team. So, so now um, they re-signed his brother. Dude, how did that – I mean, just if I can pause from that, that Clippers team just fell apart. Yes. They signed someone, but it's not a scary – I can't – matter of fact, I can't even remember who it was right now, but they did sign someone that I do, I can't even – like, it doesn't it, – it didn't move the needle. Yeah, go, so I don't want to – No, no, no. You, so, so Montrez Harrell, who yeah. – sixth man of the year – I don't know how they got him so cheap. And I know he signed to Clutch Sports, which is um, LeBron's LeBron. agency yep. um, or LeBron's boys agency, which right, LeBron right. founded, however you want to take that. But they got him for no, almost, I mean, I don't say almost nothing, but it's 19 mil for two years. Montreal could have got more than that. Dude, I wonder if they could just go like, Yo, you want to win a championship? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Do you want to come play with your brother, win a championship, and you get to live in the same house you live in now? Like, oh, that's a yeah, sell, I didn't think right? about that shit, it's right? Because yeah. there's no switch from the city. Yeah, like, I don't know what his situation is like if he's married with kids and all that, but to go, hey, I'm not going to move you. Right. We're going to lock you down for two more years. We're going to give you this money. You get to play with your brother, and we're probably going to win a title next year. How do you feel about it? That's, that's a yes from most people, right? Like, yeah. so. There was a few big, you know, to go off of that, um, his sort of smaller contract. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of big contracts, um, like Gordon Haywood got. Almost two hundred million. Listen, I don't. I don't know. Good how, for bro. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, right. Good I don't know him. how. I think is it one twenty? Is it Atlanta? Who they? Who do he go to? Ooh, yes, Atlanta. Right. I think Gordon no, 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 Hayward. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's the Hornets. Oh, you're right because he's to playing to with play ball. With, yeah, to play with. He's another. playing with ball, but I think the deal was one twenty. Um, I thought it was one ninety five. You might be right, bro. dude. I I can't even like whatever it was. It was over hundred million. I was like, man. I, I don't know. And listen, not to say that Gordon Hayward isn't worth that. Um, four year one twenty eight. Ah, okay. So one one ninety five was uh was was the um the guy from from Utah. The Charlotte Hornets just gave Gordon Hayward a four year one twenty million dollar contract. But listen, that's what thirty mil a year. That's <sighs> for him, bro. For him, this and it's not that he isn't capable basketball wise. I worry about him from a health perspective. He hasn't been able to stay healthy the last four years. And then um the the Jazz signed Donovan Mitchell. He's the one that got he 195. got one ninety five. Yes, him and and uh, one more person got the one ninety five. So so Donovan Mitchell and um. Uh, Jason Tatum, uh, oh, uh, Celtics. Yes, Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Tatum got max. So did Donovan Mitchell. And listen, both of those guys deserve that. I think if I'm a franchise, I'm willing to live long term with that kind of deal because I I understand that that's just the money people get now in the NBA. Um, but Gordon Hayward, man, I I'm gonna obviously I think this deal is gonna be insured. I just don't see how you give this guy thirty mil a year for four years. I just it, it just. He just hasn't. I mean, he played really good. In He's previous great, team. but he can't stay healthy. But, it's my concern, yeah. man. I'm, I always go. I, I always think of it from a business perspective. And from a business perspective, am I going to get two? If I get three years of him of elite basketball and he stays healthy, then okay, I won that deal. I just don't think you like how. Listen, I'll take a bet over under. How long bef- before into this next season, Gordon Hayward's out? <laughs> <laughs> I bet out a month in. I bet you he's out. For think a month, a month in, he's out for a month or more. So now they're they're starting soon, right? That's kind of like the big December twenty controversy, yeah. right? Like the, the players want to start in January, yeah, but the league wants to start in December. It's a billion dollar loss just from a week's difference, but it's because of all of the Christmas games Correct. and shit like yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they start on Christmas Day then, and then take a week, and then do the. I think I it's know. I think it's a tough sell for the players, man, because they're going like. 
dude, we just like stood away from our families. That we were in the bubble, and but hey. now they get to play in their home stadiums. So now they're playing the home stadium. They'll travel. I think what sucks is if you're the team like the Lakers and um, who do they clobber in the final? Uh, Miami. You just came off of you had like 90 days rest, and everyone else has had like 280 something. Like if you didn't get in, like the Warriors are almost 280 something days. Oh, wow. since their last game, so they're going to be fresh. They need it. Yep, they need didn't, it. Um, Clay's out. He got hurt again. Right? Year, year again. A year? Yeah, it's Achilles. There's no way he's coming back this year. Oh wow, I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. Especially with that condensed schedule like that. That's yeah. that's a season. So, listen, and I think they got the best pick of the draft. That Wiseman kid that they drafted, yeah. he's way better than the first pick, in my opinion. I think the first pick is going to be more dynamic and flashy initially. I think long term, the Warriors won this draft, man. Like it's crazy that they got the second pick. They picked this Wiseman kid who I think is going to be awesome. He's a big who can run the floor. He can shoot. Um, he's going to give them help at the rim that they desperately need because he's bigger than green. He's big. Like, he's over seven feet, I think. It's just this kid's going to be good, man. And he loves basketball. Like, he's this passionate kid, and I think that's underrated. Whereas the kid that went first is kind of like, yeah, like, I mean, I like basketball, but he's not, like, in love with basketball. I'm sorry, man. If I'm giving you the first pick and I'm investing hundreds of millions of dollars in you, you have to love basketball, man. Is that you what he said? Love. Yeah, he's he's been on record and, and his effort isn't always there. Like he's one of these guys who's immensely talented naturally, but I think I think he likes what basketball brings to him. And I could be wrong, but everything I get from him when you watch him in interviews and watch him talk, I think he likes what basketball gives him. He doesn't necessarily like the game. Um, if that oh, makes wow. sense, right? Like I think he likes the celebrity that comes to fit. And listen, he has a crazy story. He's lost his mom and his grandmother and all that. And and so he's a kid that you want to root for. And so I hope that he does like make the mature kind of turn. But when you've heard him in interviews and stuff, he's kind of like, uh, you know, like I'm I'm not I, I don't know that I'm in love with basketball. Like he'll say things like Dude, that. And I, and I think that that's where, you know, where you separate the the good players from the great players. Yep. The great players are the guys with the talent coupled with the work. Yeah. Right. You have to because you have to love it. You, you know, think of like a Russell Wilson who and LeBron James and, and who and Tom, who are these Tom guys? Brady, and Tom Brady who's on right now. Who they've said like invest all these millions of dollars annually into their bodies because right. that's their their revenue stream, right? Like that's their business. And these guys love basketball and they love and so they're rewriting the the of of the record books essentially of what is possible. Like they're in, you know, like Tom Brady's forty some forty three playing at a high level. LeBron James is LeBron James at a stage now where most guys are retired. And he's the MVP. Or the about league. to or about to retire. Or about yep. to retire. And he's playing at an MVP. Like he's still the best player in the league. Like by far. Like, I know we're going to fall in love next year when KD comes back and he's scoring at will. And we're all going to go like, oh, KD is awesome. Yeah. LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Yep. It's not even. Dude, dude, <laughs> dude I, I can't wait to see. And I think that this is what, what you're going to look at later on is going to look at LeBron and the teams that he went on and how immediately those teams were, were championship contenders. Right away. Right away. And then let's see what happens with KD in because KD wasn't. He wasn't that in in Oklahoma City. No, and then obviously the, he went to a team who was already winning championships. So then that that, that just put him yeah, over. That put him over them, the top, yeah, yeah. right? Put him over the top. But now you go to Brooklyn. Let's see. I and there's talk that they're going to get James Harden in Brooklyn. That's going to be okay. a disaster. Yeah, okay, a disaster because you have three guys who need the ball. Yep. There's only one basketball. <laughs> So that's and listen, this is coming from a guy like I root for the Nets and the Magic, obviously, because of where I grew up and where I live now. I would love to see Brooklyn win a title. I don't see that happening. Even with Kyrie, if they didn't get James Harden, I don't think these two work well together. I think they're both so moody. Um, I don't think either one of them is a leader. 
And I think that's what you're and I think that's why Durant in some ways didn't work in Golden State. He wasn't like he was the alpha, obviously, player. But I think it was a hey, as a collective where this, you know, obviously Draymond was kind of an alpha presence in the locker room and it was Clay and Steph and all. This. I don't think he liked the fact that those guys are getting as much attention, if not more than he was. I don't think that sits well with him mentally. Um and I think Kyrie's the same kind. I think Kyrie's this weird, you know, eccentric dude, and he wants all the attention. And and I just don't think it's going to sit well with him to share that spotlight in New York. And it's just them two. I don't, that team isn't very deep. They're, you know, you already heard them talking about they don't need a coach. You know, like, I just. Yeah, they're, they're I not, mean, let's, let, let's hope. They'll breeze through the East because it's the East, right? Like, unless you play Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee smashes yeah, them. I think even Toronto. Milwaukee, but, you got Toronto, which, which now, which I was surprised they gave up. They gave up uh, Mark Gasol. Yeah, and Ibaka. Oh, that's who the Clippers got, Ibaka. Uh, and Mark okay. Gasol went to L.A., so we were talking about L.A. So they got they got Mark Gasol, they got Montrezl Harrell. They got Schroeder. Uh, they got Schroeder. They re-signed uh, Pope, and then they got this kid Matthews, who's a good two. Um, so, and then man. you got and then you still got A.D., LeBron, yep. Kuzma. Yep. They didn't give up Kuzma, which is weird that we thought they were all going to have to give up Kuzma. Um Free agency isn't over. I don't. I don't think his his market value is that high. Nope. No, neither do I. But I think if 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 people wanted him in a package for like I right. always hear him rumored, I'm like, hey, you can have him. Listen, if I'm the Lakers, pick anyone except LeBron and AD. You can have him. like there's no one else on that team. Um, I was a little shocked that they let Rondo go. Um, because I thought I he thought was he was a good, a good veteran. Fit. Yeah, yeah I me too. Fit. I thought it was a great fit, and I felt like but you didn't hear about the mental stuff with Rondo when right. he was playing with LeBron. Because but you can't argue the shooter. No. Like dude. that, I mean, that. No, no, he's a young kid. He's going to yeah, shoot. Yeah, I, I think people discount the fact that, like, we were so focused on the Harrell. Schroeder might be the biggest acquisition in that. Marcus saw obviously, is there. So when they play um, the Nuggets and they play anybody else with a big, um, what's the guy from uh, uh, Portland? I can't think of it. But I think he's there for when they play those bigs and they need someone in there to play some defense. Because Marcus saw isn't the Marcus saw that he used to be. But. That's, he's still a body. He's still a big body, and, yeah. and he can shoot threes. He can shoot. Right, right. He's a yeah, big guy the, that can spread the floor. Like, I, yeah. It, so it's gonna be good. But I think Schroeder might be that the sleeper picking that whole thing, man. And 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 I'm I was glad to see uh, a Pope get his money because he had a great finals towards the end. There, he, he showed up in those last uh, that last game especially. But so he got paid. He got paid big time. So I, again, more than I would have given. Yeah, Caldwell Pope. <laughs> and then hopefully, and, and and I think that LeBron. Being that who he is, like I don't, I don't see the 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 team falling apart like like uh, like the Clippers did. No, he won't let that happen. Right, he won't let it happen, man. But yeah, yeah. Shout out to those guys, man. Um, and before we get away from sports, did you see um, what do you think of the Joe Burrow thing, man? I, you know what, man? I'm going like I think he has a great attitude about it. I saw his his uh, his I don't know if it's his tweet or whatever where he was like, you know, I'll be back. Like you're not getting rid of me that easy. Um, but I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think Colin Cowherd had a had a good yeah. kind of take on it um, today, where he was sort of talking about the organization, and um, he made some really good points. And he brought up one of the one thing that he brought up was um, their who the hell was it? Who's the old the, the old quarterback? Oh, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Yeah, that that he was he basically was like, I'm willing to not play football ever again, just not to play for you guys. They're horrible. There has to be a They're bad that the, the the organization. There has to be something to that, and obviously Joe Burrow being you know the the rookie and he can't speak his mind yet. You know who knows what he's seen, what he I hasn't he can, seen. Man. I don't know, um, and maybe he's not not that kind of guy. Yeah. Yet, 
right? Yeah, he's, he strikes me as this Midwestern blue collar kid who's going to be like, nope, I'm just going to go in and work hard. And then maybe he needs that, but, that and confidence again, to. And I haven't, up. like, I don't know shit about the organization. I just know what I've seen from, from, from a kid to now. And just historically, man, they're just, they're just poorly run. Yeah, man, they're so bad. And, and, and I was listening to that same thing with Colin where he was saying that he was comparing it to Andrew Luck. And I think I've done, uh, like, I've compared Watson, uh, Deshaun Watson to Andrew Luck, where I don't think they're going to have a long career. Right, I feel bad for that guy. Yeah, because they're going to be running for their life the whole time. And they're eventually, you can't, you can't, it's not sustainable, right? Like, in the NFL, you have to protect them. And I think it's going to be up to Joe Burrow to go, you guys need to get an O-line like this. I can't do this. And like you said, I don't know that he has it in him to do that just yet. Um, and that organization, as long as they're under that ownership, I was telling you before, I knew of a guy I played on a on a rec basketball league with a guy who played uh, professional football. And and he was a kind of like a journeyman wide receiver. So he had been around a lot, uh, mostly practice squads. But I'll never forget one of the things he told me was he went for a tryout to the Bengals. And he goes, that was the worst experience or worst run organization. He's like, I've, I've been to high schools that had better facilities than the Bengals. Had. And he went to it. This, this is a, from, a, from a tryout. Yes. From a tryout. <laughs> well, because one of the things that they'll tell you, like, he'll go, you go to you go to a tryout on most teams and they have a jersey for you right he goes like they have all this gear that they give you okay they have these these spots in the locker room the facility is world class all this stuff he goes like i went there he goes i kid you not he goes you had to share gear and he said something simple he goes like something simple as the towels he goes the towels were like used old dingy towels where you went everywhere else and it's like towels with the team logo and they're neatly pressed and they're clearly brand new and they've been laundered and all this stuff he goes it looked like your high school gym stuff, like the gear, like that you all just throw inside of the giant, like right, you know, right, right. And and these small details matter, man. I think these these little details. You're running a world class sports team that that generates, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in revenue, and these guys just don't invest into it. The Bengals. I don't know if this is still the case. I know certainly at that time they don't even have an indoor practice facility, and they're in Ohio, where it's freezing for the bulk of the season. So. That just tells you the kind of organization like they just don't invest into the organization and they don't pay attention to small details. And I hope that Joe Burrow can, um, I guess, be like the squeaky wheel to just go, guys, like this is this is garbage. Like I, I guarantee you, Joe Burrow had a better locker room at LSU and had a better facility at LSU and had, you know, like everything was probably world class at LSU. Could you imagine going from college to professional and then going into a worse environment? Oh, God. Yeah. And he's, they're probably flying like Southwest. <laughs> they don't even have their no, no. private chat. Who's, who's the other one that goes up to that goes to Jersey? Frontier. <laughs> no spirit. Spirit. <laughs> like, why are we taking a spirit flight to play the Eagles? <laughs> they probably don't even have their own jet, dude. That guy probably buys everyone's ticket like as it comes out for like you know eighty dollars. <laughs> who's the who's the coach that was there forever? Uh, Marvin Harrison? Marvin Harrison? No, no, not Marvin Harrison. No, Marvin not Lewis. Marvin, Marvin Lewis. Harrison is a wide receiver. receiver. So, from listening to to Colin today, I was I thought about that, and I go, man, I wonder if they just kept him on because he did enough, and maybe he wasn't that expensive, and he's not a squeaky wheel, clearly, right? Then they go, hey, he puts up what we want. He's good enough. Right. And we'll just leave him there every once in a while. We can do something. Like he you was, said, he was there for many years, a long time. Like. No one would have given a coach that long no. if you're not winning Super Bowls. Correct. Yeah. No one. No one. Or at least 
getting to the playoffs and making deep runs. And they only had one deep run, I think. And Carson got hurt that year. But they had a year yeah, where they were, they were really good. undefeated for a long time. Yeah, they were really good. They had that Ocho Cinco. And I think TJ Huzmanjada was on that Huzmanjada, team towards yeah. the end. Um, uh, AJ Green was there. I, you know, they had a very good team. And I think Carson Palmer got hurt in a playoff game. So I'm not saying it right towards the end, and, and obviously that killed their chances. But um, oh, you know who they had? They had uh, I think his name is Chris Johnson, the wide receiver that died in the weird freak accident, fell off the back of a pickup. Um, they had that kid. Oh, Chris Henry, that's who it was. Chris Henry. He fell off in the back of a. You pickup? ever heard that story? No. So this guy, uh, I think it's Chris Henry, man. I'm gonna have to look it up. But he basically he was in his he was one of these wide receivers who always got into like weird trouble. But anyway, he fell out uh, of he was doing some weird thing, but he was in the back of a pickup truck, and he flew off the back. Yeah, Chris Henry. And he and he flies and he falls and he has like a traumatic brain injury and he dies. Oh, I remember this guy. He was young. He was still in the league. He was a young dude, man. And he fell off the dude. He fell off the back. And I'll never forget because they 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 donated his brain to science. Yeah. And and they said his he had the brain of a seventy something year old. He clearly had Oh, um, from the CTE? Yeah, he had CTE because he had been doing some weird stuff. And so they they kind of like chalked it up to like, hey, yeah, it was some of the CTE stuff and all right. that, that he had done. But um yeah, so that he was on that team. And so was Ocho Cinco, and they were both dynamic receivers. And um, the defense was good. Again, that team was awesome. But, yeah, uh, Carson Palmer, I think, got hurt and killed that season. But, um, yeah, poorly, just so poorly run. And I think it matters, man. The small details matter. Something as simple as a towel. I think Colin made a joke to say that TJ um, told him that they had to share jock straps. And I don't know if, if that was joking. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was legit. Because TJ's on on his show all the time. Yeah. I, I've never heard him say anything about that organization, but probably because they just don't talk about them. Yeah, because they're not, they're normally not newsworthy. They're not relevant. Yeah. He's just like, mm, not but no, that that's, that's good. Crazy, man. But, Yo, man, did you see that, uh, that Kevin Hart special? I loved um, it, man. I loved it. It was really good, man. It's great. If you guys haven't seen it, go on Netflix. Um, What's it called? Like, not given a fuck zero fucks given there it goes zero, zero fucks fuck given, given on netflix if you got netflix which um if you're not under a rock you probably do um new kevin hart special he actually does it in his house in his basement right living room his living room his living room is bigger than my house <laughs> yeah he has he has like an in-studio audience yeah i've never felt poor <laughs> He said, I'm doing this from my living room. And I was looking around. I was calculating square footage. And I was like, oh, yeah, my uh, my bedroom fits on his stage. <laughs> but I saw like the other day, I don't know if it was, was it yesterday? Would I, I saw like a um, on Instagram, he was pissed about something about... Some, something with his kid and yeah, the shirt. So he put uh, uh, his, he has a newborn and he put a onesie on him with the name of the special. It says zero fucks given. And, and fucks is like the F, but the, you know, the symbols, uh, yeah. you know, he doesn't have the U and the C, but we all know what it means, whatever. It was funny. It was a cute kid. It was, you know, it's the name of the special. But that You're was promoting. it. That was it. And he's getting threats and stuff online. You know, this, this, this time. But what kind of man, threats? Where everyone, well, people who are like, I can't believe you would do that. Why would you post a child with curse words on them? Like, we're going to call child services on you and just going crazy about child this. services. It's though? this whole cancel culture we're in, man. This whole fake ass woke culture. And you know, it's funny to me, man. But what I you never see successful people complain about this stuff. But what are you, what are you going to do? Like, Okay, child service. What are they gonna say, dude? You hate your life. Yeah, child service is gonna be like, um, yeah, don't let you your are, baby out and with a, I don't know, don't like, don't, don't waste a, my time. There's kids out here really getting beat. Like, don't post a picture. Yeah, with your people kid are with, just. I I is your life that miserable, man? That you sit around online waiting for celebrities and whoever to like mess something up to make you feel better? Like, I don't I don't get that at all, bro. I be, I've never I, once seen I that. I barely before. like their stuff on. Yeah, on, like on, I just on, don't uh, on social media. I just hate that this time that we live <laughs> the, in, man. The, you know, I just got a thought. So it was probably two years ago, man. 
my wife comes home with these uh, Santa shirts and she has one for like all of us. Because every year she does, tries to do like this thing where we match. And um, in this shirt, it has Santa Claus on it. Okay. And he's dabbing. Okay. Okay. So, so I look at this shirt. So she buys me one. The boy, my boy's already wearing it. And I was like, oh, that, I go, that's cool. I see him dabbing. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I look at this shirt. And around the entire shirt are little marijuana plants. Okay. She's not into that. <laughs> okay. And after I tell her, bro, she's appalled. She's like, oh my God. She I thought it was mistletoe. I got to return these. And I'm like, you didn't see that? They're just, they're, they're like weed plants, like just all around the shirt. Like yeah, around because the, dab is. Around the Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah. It's a weed reference. So she's got her, you know, so we, so she has our like 10 year old kids, like wearing shirts with weed plants on them. <laughs> Send them to school like that. <laughs> fantastic i'm calling child services like right <laughs> but I, you know it's funny man i wonder like because it like she sort of bought those not knowing she didn't even notice that that what that was okay and we and we kept them you know whatever no big deal but i wonder like if, we, if you send those kids to school and they have that on is the school sending them home probably yeah the school would because they have like dress code you know yeah. for drug references and things like that so and i understand that but man, for you to be online, like you remember when Kevin Hart got the 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 Oscars gig and then people dug up like these old tweets from him. And oh, then he basically yeah, yeah, had yeah. to quit the Oscars because of these old tweets. And listen, like I hate this this thing that we promote that people can't make mistakes. Like I hate it. I don't know. We talked about this on here before. Like I hate it as a parent. I hate it because so I'm supposed to preach to my kids perfection. No, that doesn't exist, man. Like it doesn't exist. Like we're all human. We're going to make mistakes. You know what, man? We do it all the time. You think about how many times have we recorded something for this show and we worry about the reception and we cut it out. And last week we had some stuff where we were we, we were kind of going back and forth. And at the end of the day, man, I'm not thinking going, fuck it. Like, I would rather die on that hill yeah. than die on a hill where I'm not being who I am. Because I knew what my intent was, right? Like, whether I make a joke, I know what my intent was. Like, my intent wasn't to hurt people. My intent wasn't to, like, like I'm making a joke. Like, that doesn't mean, and I hate this, like, if if like this idea that things are off limits nothing is off limits like you can make a joke about anything that doesn't mean everybody has to laugh right like you can change the channel and and it doesn't mean that you're a dick either correct like, right it doesn't mean like, that, like, that, like, that 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 you truly are like whatever like 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 you don't care heartless or you don't care yeah. right um but no 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 i mean we do we laugh about everything everything and i think in some ways man i try to find humor in the darkest weirdest like Stuff like one of the guys that I know you and I both like is Jessonic, who all he does is this dark humor. But even he'll tell you, like, he just tries to find the funny in something that's not supposed to be to, like, give it some levity. Right. Like, um, so I hate this, like, environment that we're in that this whole, like, quote unquote, cancel culture that we're in that you if you say something, listen, even if you mean ill will or. If you make a mistake and you say something that's not PC or not woke or not like, okay, like people make mistakes, just move on. Like, I think it, we get so caught up in this perfection thing. And it's not even, I don't even so, so much of moving on so much. Right. But it's like, we all have fucked up thoughts. Yeah. All, everyone. 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 I, yes. Everyone. And so, and, and sometimes when you're comfortable and you're around, you know, if you're around people that you feel really comfortable with, sometimes those fucked up thoughts kind of come out. It doesn't really, it doesn't say anything about you 
in particular, right? I, I think it's I think it's that you have to understand that we all have these thoughts. I think that a lot of people just not are, are afraid to say anything. Yeah. Well, which is which was the appeal, right, to to our current president, is that he right. said it, and some of us were like, well. I feel that way. I just don't want to say it out loud. So <laughs> let me vote this. Like, I, like I, like I think I discounted that. So when he won, I think it was one of the things that I had to take a step back and go, "Oh shit!" All the things that anger me because I get mad about the whole PC culture thing. I'm like, he's not, and so I get it. I get the appeal, right? Like now, that's a different position. I would say we hold that to a higher standard, but I understand why people went that way because they're just like, "Fuck this!" You, even I started looking at like all these celebrities who went super woke and went super like political during this movement, I'm not watching any of their shows or their movies. Like the ones who were still watching, keep their mouth shut and they're not lecturing you. Right. Like they're not. And that's like, I hate this whole uh, culture that we're in, man, that, that people, even with like, they'll dig up things from 10 years ago. And like, even if I went like, yeah, I said that 10 years ago, like I guarantee you, like we we're on 29 episodes of this. There's no way we, we do a hundred more episodes of this, that we're not going to say, yeah, I regret saying that thing in episode 40 or, or 30 or whatever it was like, yeah, we have hundreds of thousands of hours of recorded audio. We're going to say some stupid shit. Yeah. And I think we're, and I think we, you and I are both self-aware enough to go like, yeah, that probably wasn't the best thing. Like, and then you move on. Like, I hate this idea that that has to, that has to like haunt you forever. And you have to be punished for that forever like i can't stand it um and it's funny man before this i saw the thing about the shirt and his son uh, i was listening to interviews with with kevin hart on the breakfast club and um trevor noah he was on trevor noah show and he was talking about how like he's seriously considering just retiring because of this and they asked him like what do you mean he goes like i i hate the environment that we're in that like uh he gets like he goes like dude like he, I guess he he announced one day that he was going like vegan, and then like the same day he was caught at like McDonald's. He's like, "Yo, man, it was this weird day. I had this weird craving. I hadn't been to McDonald's in years. I went there, and some fucking lady. He goes like, literally taking pictures of me through my window, of my car, because I'm eating like a oh, Big Mac. Wow. And she's like, "I got you," and like yelling stuff at him or whatever. And he's just like, "Like I hate the climate we're in." And then to Kevin Hart's like point, he goes like, "I made it. Like I've done everything I've wanted to do. Like if I never do comedy again or a movie or whatever, like I'm good. I'm good. My family's good. My family's family after that's good. Like I never have to do anything again. And it's a shame that we're gonna scare away um, someone as talented as Kevin Hart, who who is has years of of content ahead of him, right? Of movies, of 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 specials, of you know, I think this is his sixth or seventh special. He wants to, you know, hopefully he can get to the 10. I think that's like the glory mark for a lot of comedians. Um it's a shame, man, because I thought this was better than his last few, because I felt like it was the most honest and genuine and and like I you know what I love? One of the things that COVID has done is it stripped down a lot of art. Um, and, and this is one of the things I remember when COVID first started, I was like, I can't wait till I hear the music that comes out of this, all the art, the movies, the TV shows, the people who are sitting back writing because you go, you don't have anything else to do. And I'm a firm believer in that, um, like adversity breeds like great art. And so when you're in this environment, I think we're going to get great art. And I felt like that's what Kevin gave us. He gave us this art that you wouldn't have gotten had he not been locked down and had he not had all these thoughts of, you know, like the cancel culture thing and all that. And I felt like he was honest. Um, and it's a shame because listen, Kevin Hart, I think is on pace to be the first billionaire comedian. He's going to change the way I think comedians did comedy, like the way, um, that people thought of comedians, the way he, he became like owner. He, he went to, you know, we talk about this all the time of having ownership of your stuff and doing that. Kevin Hart has done that for comedy. And then he's done that for other people, Tiffany Haddish and all these guys that he's brought on. Um, and he's changed the game. And it's just a shame, man, that this stupid culture we're in of, of this perfection. So let me ask you. So if we go, what about the thought of removing 
likes and comments from social media? So I don't. I've seen that out there before. Have you? I, I've seen it. So and there's you've seen I think what? Instagram. You've seen the you've seen oh like people the, saying the, that the, they're gonna do it, dude. But you think about it, bro. So like, so that's the idea behind stories. So you know the disappearing stories. Yes. I don't know if you know. So so I don't know if you know. Like LinkedIn does it now. Yeah. And then so does Twitter. No, I didn't see LinkedIn does it. LinkedIn does stories, and so does Twitter. Okay. And and obviously Snapchat started it. Instagram did it. So everyone does the whole stories that disappear in 24 hours. And that was in response to what happens when you don't have likes. So maybe you're just looking at views, but then it disappears, so you can't see it anymore. So that's kind of Dude, a, because I think that I think that the whole the whole likes thing, the views thing, the comments thing. I mean, and we see it here with Kevin Hart, where it it affected him. Like, so he put something out, and then he got this backlash of reaction from people. Whereas, I think in general, people, you know, like when you go on a social media in general, people are putting out the the best versions of themselves, them them having fun, them eating great food, you know, laughing, um, just having fun, you know, what have you. Um, but I think that it's it's all based on if I put this out. Is it going to be liked? And then if you don't get likes or you don't get comments, then you go, oh, no one, you know, no one likes it. No one likes it. So it must be me. So it must. Right. So that, that's, just, that's just something negative about, about myself. Now, if you remove the likes and the comments so nobody sees them, then does it does it then promote you to just go, I think it's cool. So I'm going to put it out. Gonna, I think it will. But then I think there are going to be the people that argue how do you measure engagement? Is it just going to be a stat in the background that but, tells you here's who, how many views or impressions you had? But who needs to measure engagement? Companies. Um, p- companies and then people who make a living off of that, right? Like think of how many quote unquote influencers are on social media right now who who rely on the likes and the engagement to... But the data wouldn't be gone, right? Because remember, those social media platforms, they're not only looking at the likes and the comments, but they're also looking at the time that you spend looking Correct. at this thing. So I think as long as you made the the data available to the creator, right. that's okay, right? Like if you say, hey, I'm not going to give you comments because we're going to shut comments off. People can't leave them, but I'll give you views. Um, and maybe you go, okay, so you, people have to shift to, okay, this person has more views. We'll give them a platform, you know, like a, or an endorsement deal or whatever that is. I think that's the argument for it. Um, I don't disagree. So Instagram has actually toyed with this idea of just removing the like button um, and taking it out completely. And I think they even demoed it in certain countries where they just removed it. it. You can't dislike it, right? Like, right. like You can either so, like it or move on. Or move on. So I think Instagram has even toyed with this idea. And I think they're demoing it in certain countries where they've completely removed the like. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I do think it, it is a healthier way to live, right? Like if you felt free to post whatever you want, I, I'll say I, I don't post on social media at all. That doesn't have anything to do with this. Um, or if, if I'm doing comedy stuff, but yeah. like I don't, and I don't because, because of that, because I don't like the idea of being tied to a, I wonder how many likes this is going to get or how not, or, or like measuring your self-worth because of that. Right. Dude, there's so much shit that we post about this show that it's me and you. Going yes. back, going back and going forth, back and forth, it, right? Like, yep. and it's like you know, whatever, okay. man. Yeah. Like, I'm good with it. And I think I'm much more at peace, so I can't see that. Like, I'm much more at peace now that I don't care that I, it's just like us, like you said, like us talking, and we always have like the same kind of engagement of people who will comment in there. And I think 
that has become a hey, that's cool. These people are listening where I stopped paying attention because even when we first started doing this, I remember like refreshing like a maniac trying to see like oh, our Instagram post didn't get so many likes or our views, oh, our really? streams aren't. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's that's one of the big reasons I had kind of stopped. Like I started weaning myself off of social media and stuff because I was like, why do I care? Like, I, you know, it's funny, man. And I started looking at like and this isn't a knock on like uh family or friends or whatever but i started looking at like the people who are on my like friends list who are posting stuff and i'm going why am i even trying to impress these people like first of all the people who are my family should like me either way right like that shouldn't right. be a thing right and you, why you am ho- i trying to you hope on they them? do anyway yeah yeah right right and if they don't cool like that means i don't hang out with you anyway right. and and i certainly have family like that like i don't see you anyway and i'm good with that and then i i started thinking about like the friends like why am i like i honestly like if i thought if i sat there and thought to myself like there's so many like i honestly don't care like what a lot of them think, but I started measuring my like my worth as a person based on the engagement that you got on things like that. And I think like uh, and I think we're all kind of guilty of doing that. And, and, and I hope that we're and, and again, this is why this stuff like with this Kevin Hart scares me, because, right, like I'm raising kids in this world that they're not going to know what it's like to not have that stuff. Right. And so the last thing I want is my daughter or my son measuring their self-worth based on likes and comments and engagement. And then. And, and that goes both sides. Like, I don't want them to measure the positive too well either because then they think they're awesome, right? And and maybe they could work on some things. And I don't want, because if you're that uh, bought into the awesome, then that means you're going to be that bought into the negative. And people online just don't have anything better to do. Like, I, like I go and I'll go and read comments sometimes, like on a Kevin Hart post, for example, just because I honestly do get a kick out of the weirdos out there that just hate on stuff. It It's fascinating, the negativity that lives in those comments from people. And then I go like, I've never been that mad in my life. Like, what are you that upset about? Like, and, and the other part is it never comes from people who you feel are, are successful. Like it never comes from someone who's doing okay in life. You know, like it's like old cliche, like hurt people, hurt people. It's like, if you read those comments and then you click on that person's profile, you're like, oh yeah, I can see like, you're just mad. Like maybe go get therapy, bro. Like, Did, did you see um, during the election week, I think Gary V posted that he voted for Biden. Yeah. And, and that's a big deal for Gary Vee. Right. Yeah. Especially from a, from a, from a business standpoint, Correct. right? Because you go like, yeah. oh, you know, you probably or he probably had more to gain by um, staying out of it, by either staying out of it or maybe voting for Trump just because he just just from a business standpoint and maybe it would have benefited his business more. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Um, but he put it out there. Somebody asked him and he was like, like, he didn't say, yeah, oh, like he didn't go out and promote yeah, it. Yeah. He yeah, didn't yeah. go like, oh, I would have Biden. Anybody vote for Biden. Somebody asked him and he was just like, oh, I would have Biden. And man, the comments that followed that. But dude, to that guy's credit and, you know, he answers almost like everybody, every comment, right? Yeah. It, all of his answers were like with love and, and was like, hey, man, like we can agree disagree like i wish you nothing but the best i'm you know like so some people were like oh i thought you were smart i'm not following you anymore you know whatever and he was like hey man like it's it's cool that we can disagree on stuff but you know if i lost you as a follower you know i wish you well yeah yeah looks that guy if if you're a person and you want to know like how to handle this 101 <laughs> go go look up gary vaynerchuk gary v on instagram and look up the post because even I like how people were like, oh, good luck. You're going to have to pay a ton of taxes. You're a rich guy. Right. And, he, and, and his response to that was brilliant. He goes, yeah, I guess if that's your issue, then I understand. But that wasn't the issue for me. Like, right. I don't mind taxes. Like, next? Like, what are you going to say to that? And like you said, he's so positive where he goes, hey, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, I wish you nothing but the best. Like, all love here. 
that has to infuriate right. you as someone who, like, <laughs> who wants to get a reaction. And I think that's the only way to handle it. You know what's it. great is that um, once he posts that, those kind of responses, his supporters then start chiming in afterwards and be like, yeah, you're a dick. Yep. You know, like, and they start to, to the person up on that, that yeah, person. To that Dude, person. And even like we can like going back to Jesselnik, who if you if you never heard of Anthony Jesselnik, go watch his specials. He's very like he's one liners, it's all dark. If you like dark yeah, humor. Yeah, if you don't yeah. like dark humor, don't do it. It's not storytelling. It's literally just um joke after joke and it's all and it's all just like with these one liners, right? But one of the things he does he is does he goes, and he has changed his um perception he says there are topics that he'll stay away from so i've seen this stuff where he goes, oh really? yeah he says that there's topics as he's gotten older that he goes i just don't feel okay so i'll yeah. stay away from those and i'm like that's cool like that's fine but he but one of the things he says is he goes like i just retweet the people who send me like crazy stuff you know like they'll be like he's pro pedophilia and then they'll like so people will ream him and he goes right. like i just retweet it <laughs> which that's brilliant because what are you going to respond to that like, I think that's the approach I would take. Like, I think about this now. Like, again, like I was thinking about our show and like the times that we cut out something that we feel like oh, maybe that's going to get a bad response. And I go, nah, I think if I got a comment, I would just retweet it. But I can't. Yeah, thanks, man. Sorry. You don't like. Sorry. You don't. Sorry. Sorry. You didn't like it. It wasn't for you. Like, I appreciate you listening. Bye. Like, <laughs> like I, don't know. I, I will say we've left. 99 percent of the stuff yeah. in yeah yeah because um, i think at the end of the day we it boils down to like we want to be authentic and then what was the intent behind us right. and we know we never have ill intent behind our no like our i don't hate banter. i don't care no exactly none of us care we I, just I like to make care jokes that much yeah and, and and all our jokes are in poor taste so like <laughs> so while, while we're on the friends topic like uh did you see what george clooney did for his friends no. So, so this is an old story. I think it uh, really what what changed was that he commented on it. So there's always been these rumors that George Clooney took like 14 of his friends and gave them a million dollars in cash a piece. Like a, he held this dinner and he okay. gave them all four. Uh, he gave them all a million dollars a piece to these 14 friends. Right. And so I guess I'm loaded. Yeah, he's hella rich. He sold his his tequila company for almost a billion dollars or whatever. Oh were. wow! It's it's like it's it's a genius deal because it's layered. If they reach X amount of sales in in this time frame, like he keeps getting paid, so it's brilliant. It's a brilliant deal. Yeah, so he made a few hundred million up front, and then he gets all this stuff on the back end. So, um, so anyway, so he and this was like while he did, I can't remember what movie he did. Maybe it was Gravity or something like that. But um, so he gave fourteen of his friends a million dollars in cash in a suitcase. Like he invited them for dinner lays out a suitcase in front of all their spots at the table and they open it it's like it's a million bucks right and it's pretty cool because he goes into some magazine did an interview and they asked him about it. it was the first time he talked about it publicly but this was like six years ago but it's coming out now oh, okay and so you heard rumors about it but never from him so i guess the idea was he was always saying that he goes hey man there are these people who are super important in my life who contributed who let me sleep on their couch who loaned me money when i was broke who did all this stuff and he goes and these are these these people were like in my will and he says for years, he kept having this conversation, like, why am I waiting? Like, if I can do something nice for them now. Dude, and we now. talk about this all the time, like, give people their flowers while they're here, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I guess one day he had this idea or, or like over years, he had been like, um, um, I guess, like thinking on this. And then it finally came up. He goes, like, I have to figure out a way to make it happen. So he gets in touch with this like company that's at this undisclosed location in L.A. that will literally send you uh, or sell you cash. Like it's this warehouse. They have pallets of cash because he needs to find 14 million in cash. Yeah, right. So he finds this company. He buys the cash, right? Like I'm sure they do the interaction for uh, 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 or the 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 um, the um, transaction for like a certain percentage or whatever. Dude, whatever. how does that? You know, like how do you find that? Right? Like, is that? Do you reach You're out? George Clooney, bro. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying it's not him. 
it's probably him going to his agent and going like, yo, I need to do this. I need 14 go, million in cash. Go, go, go figure go it out. figure out how to happen because <laughs> banks don't keep that kind of money. So mind you, there's a business for everything. There's a business that keeps millions and millions of dollars in cash on hand in a warehouse. So he found this business. Just in case. And you know what? Like all of those like game shows that have suitcases of money, like they got to get it from somewhere. They got to get it, from, get it from, right? from somewhere, right? So he finds this, right? And he gives his friends each. And by the way, he covers the tax. So they're all a mm. million dollars clean, right? And okay. he leaves this. So he he calls them over for dinner. He leaves a million dollars. He gives them a speech like, hey, all you guys have meant so much to me. You helped me get here. I wouldn't be who I am today. Blah, 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 blah. Like he does this whole thing for his friends. And it becomes this notorious story about George Clooney giving away money. I have never been happier to not have friends. <laughs> like, I read this and I was like, this is what's expected these days. If you Listen, make it. Man. If you make it in comedy, I want my suitcase, goddammit. I See, I got one. <laughs> I got you. So listen, I need four, I need all 14 of them. All 14. <laughs> I was going to give you like tickets to a show. <laughs> I'll buy you a Ferrari. <laughs> you know what's funny, man, is that I, I would have loved to see like that speech and the look on those folks' faces, oh. right? Because when you do things for people, typically it's not, you don't, it's not, it's, it's out of the goodness of your heart and you don't expect anything back. Um, but clearly whatever those folks did for him made a huge impact and he remembered that, right? Um, I'm going to transition here really quick, man. So this week, my son did something that I was like, oh, shit, he is listening. I heard him online. He plays with his, plays with his friends um, online gaming. I, don't, I think they were on Fortnite or something like that. And um, his cousin wasn't doing well in school. And uh, this, this is the son that hates school. Okay. Okay. And so in, in my house, we sort of do like the, we kind of have like three like general rules, which is like, don't fail, hand in all assignments. And then even in this day and age when we're doing like the, the school from home, it's like, like no lates, no absences. Yeah. Right. So, so those three. And then if you, if, if any of those things happen, your stuff gets taken away until you make it up. And so we've had like, conversations with this guy and all my kids but ad nauseum about putting an effort and getting your stuff done and you know and just and it's really just that so i heard him telling his cousin who was punished because he was failing a class and he was in there basically giving him like a lecture <laughs> that was the one you would like him verbatim of what we did right <laughs> and it was one of those moments man where you sort of pat yourself on the back and it's just like yo man the guy is freaking listening because i'm gonna tell you we've had these conversations at nauseam and every time we have them you know with from his side there's like emotions involved and and he's tired of hearing it and what have you and then lo and behold man he turns around and gives the same advice to somebody else because I, I actually told them like you know, like whenever they, their cousins will get punished, I'm like, dude, like you guys all depend on each other because they're like they're sort of in this like competitive mode. Right. Where they, they, they do like teams and and like their vision is to man, one day we're going to get to this this stage of the game where we can win money. OK. Right. And so that's like their goal. Their goal. And in, in playing this game. In playing this. OK. Game. Yeah. And so I'm always like, listen, what a time to be alive. You. Yeah, absolutely. So bro. So great. And so. I'm always going like, listen, you guys are a team. 
you guys need to start holding each other accountable. Like if if you guys can't play on one of these tournaments where they're paying out cash because somebody's punished for some damn grades because they didn't turn in their assignments, you guys all need to be on each other. Like, yo, like I need you this weekend. Make sure your shit's together. Yeah, treat it like a business. Right. Yep. And that's what it is. Yep. And and so and and so I I said it was just this week, man, and I heard him doing that and I was like, fuck, man, like I guess the things that we're saying, you know, it's sticking somewhere. It's it, yeah, right. Like when you don't, as a parent, when you think like, I, ain't, I'm just wasting my time here, like <laughs> saying shit, and it's actually that's awesome, man. How many times have we had conversations with our kids, man? Where you go, <sighs> like it's again, 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 and you just want to just like beat the hell out of them because you're going like, yo, we had this conversation like yesterday. Yeah, like we just talked, dude. I'm having a tough time with my son right now, man. Um, and I think it's harder for me because I don't know how to go about it. And I I always think about this like I'm a first time parent. Right. And we can all say that. Right. Like we're first time parents and you don't really graduate from parent school. Right. I guess until your kids make it to adulthood. So I kind of how right, I look right. at it. Right. Like so I try not to be so hard on myself, but it, it's difficult not to, man. But um, my son has these he's hyper intelligent, but he has no empathy. And he has no uh, grasp of like uh, people's feelings and stuff. And so for me, I'm petty, right? So my the way I meet that is kind of just being an asshole to him back, right? Which isn't the right, answer. Right. Um, but I think for me, I, I I see a lot of myself and my son in that. Like my kids have both of my worst qualities. So my daughter, <laughs> be the congratulations. First yeah, yeah, like my kids are like on my my daughter is super social, hyper. Like in a crowd of people, likes to be the center of attention, like very likable, like, you know, like um, uh, super positive, you know, like uh, hyper like that. Right. And my daughter, for the most part, keeps herself until she's in a crowd of people. Right. My son doesn't like people at all. But with the quality he has of mine is he's very condescending. Um, and then maybe he's a little, uh, I guess, from an intelligence perspective, he's probably a little more advanced than like kids his age. But he makes you he lets that be known and I'm guilty of that too. And so, and then he lacks empathy. Like my son is one of those, like you could cry in front of my son. It doesn't register with him. Like he'll just be like, all right, man. So like, are we doing this or not? Like, just and and I do that, right? Like my, my wife likes to joke that like I'm on the spectrum and I probably am. My son is probably definitely on the spectrum, but I go, I can't help you because like I struggle with that. So how do you help someone when you do the exact same thing? And then you'd be a hypocrite telling them like, hey, here's how you should deal with that. Like I struggle with that part of it. Yeah. Dude. One of my sons is like, I would probably say hyper emotional. And then the other guy is almost like doesn't understand that. And is almost like like the realist and, and can kind of like us can can joke and 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 talk trash and whatever. But when when he hurts the other one's feelings he's just like oh yeah like get over it yeah but the other one takes it really hard like really hard like almost to the point of of i don't want to say depression but but of maybe a temporary depression to where he'll even like hit himself holy shit yeah like 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 he'll like he will think that he's the bad one and he'll think that everybody hates him and he sucks and like really gets down on himself and so we're you know we, we'll talk to one of them and go listen man like you can't do that with this guy because here's what happens here's what happens to him right here's what happens in his head so you gotta have that empathy but but to that guy he's going 
That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? Like, I would never do that. I why why did he do that? Yeah, see, and that's my son. My son that's is tough, the, like, man. and my son is the, like, he could see, and that's where we defer, right? Like, he could see, I don't know, I'm trying to use an example. So, like, his sister, he could say something. His sister could be super emotional. She could start bawling out, like, like bawling and crying or whatever about it. And he'll just go, so, um, yeah, anyway, going back to what we were talking about before, like, wow, she's crying. Like, he, it doesn't, like, he doesn't acknowledge it at all. Oh, wow. Like, he doesn't acknowledge emotion at all. Where... I acknowledge emotion. I understand it. But where I have a difficult problem is is like to like your son, where I go, I don't understand why that's a big deal. Right. Like that's my thing where I just so go, like what, what he'll move do, on. Yeah, what 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 he'll do is like, oh, okay, he's crying like uncontrollably. Like I'm, I'm out. Dip. Yep, yep. That's me. I'm out. <laughs> that's me. So and I'll go like, mm. like he'll get over it. I'm out. He'll get over it. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to be here for that. I don't want to be here for that. Right. Like you're ruining my time. So I'm just gonna go ahead and dip. <laughs> so I get that part of it. And then I also get like the he he's like condescending to people around him about like i don't understand how you don't get that and i'm guilty of doing that and i think i've learned over time to be patient like when i talk to people where i just go okay like if they're not on this and this is not to say that i'm super intelligent right it just may be about a certain topic like to me right. i just won't understand like certain I don't things understand just how make you, just certain things just, just make sense to exactly you. like i'll be like i just don't understand why you don't get that right right like i don't like the thing doesn't click for me that like oh, we all have a different level of comprehension. Like, I'll just go, well, it makes sense to me. I don't understand why that makes sense, why it doesn't make yeah, sense. I just right? explained it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's my son, but then he's an asshole about it. Like, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to be like, okay, everyone doesn't learn at the same pace or doesn't understand the same stuff or they're going to have their thing that they're clearly better at than me. Like, so, and, uh, but him. And so it's funny, man, because I just don't know how to teach him how not to be an asshole. So like, and I joke all the, uh, like when, you know, people ask me about my kid, I'm like, oh yeah, my son's an asshole. And they'll just laugh. And I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. My son's an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, he told his teacher this week, I guess his desk was a mess. And, uh, and the teacher goes, um, you know, like, 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 what do you think we should do about this? Like, how do we solve this? Like, this is a problem. And he goes like, well, if you didn't look, it wouldn't bother you. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my, my, my son, the one that I'm referring to that doesn't really understand. He's told us like verbatim, you know, when we go, Hey, like your room is dirty. You need to clean it. And they'll be like, don't look at it. Like, don't come in here. <laughs> Don't look at it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that like you asked them, right? Like if you right, ask right, them like, yeah. hey, you go like, mm, okay. Or, I mean, he's even told us at one point, I remember we were telling him to, to like, I don't know, the bathroom was dirty, something like that. And he goes, well, I mean, like it's your house. You're the one that cares about it. So you clean it. Like I'm good with it dirty. But if yeah, it bothers you, but if it bothers you, like feel free to clean it. <laughs> funny as hell you know it's crazy too as this is the whole nurture versus nature thing like my daughter couldn't be further from him my daughter is like the if you ask her to do something she'll just do it she may not necessarily be happy about it right. but she's the like okay like i'll do it like you could you could tell my daughter like hey i'm really disappointing you about xyz whatever and you go and she's like truly feels empathetic thing and she you know gets her stuff done my son just looks at you and he's like i don't understand what the problem is like that sounds like you need to deal with something and then me, I go, he's not that's, wrong. That's me. <laughs> and so I don't know how to unteach that. <laughs> and like for my daughter on the flip side is goes, my daughter's like talks too damn much. And I do that. So I'm like, whenever she does that to me, I'm like, I have to put myself in her shoes at that age and go, okay, I can't tell her to shut up because when I was that age and people did that to me, like it was hurtful. So then I go, okay, how do I, how do I tell her to shut up and not tell her to shut up? <laughs> like, because she's so hyper and all over the place that you just go, 
okay, what didn't I like? And and I try to like go that route, but it, it's so funny how they couldn't be again like total yeah. opposites. And as a parent, you're just like, I suck at this. <laughs> just <laughs> but to bring that conversation like full circle, right? Going back even to the Clooney thing, it's like what like what we do not only with our children, but what we do with other people. That like that shit matters. Like it, it does it. I think it, it, it affects people, and 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 people remember it. So like, be kind, man. Yeah. You know, be kind, be treat people right, man. And um, I think I've learned more about that during COVID. Yeah. Than than anything else, man. It's like being like a hundred percent of the time with my wife and my kids. It's shown me some things, even about myself, man. And and. You know, it's not a perfect environment by any means, man, but it's like, you know, you got to take those step back man, and, and, and go like, OK, like I can't be a dick in this situation or, I, or you know, I need to kind of suck it up and, and, and listen and and also know that the way that I'm being and the things that I'm saying is having an impact on the people around me. And so I'm kind of I'm, I'm more conscious of that because of because of COVID. Yeah. No, I think um, and we talk about this all the time, man. I think this. um this opened up my eyes certainly to a lot of stuff, right? Like both personally, professionally, um, socially, just, um, you know, and I think if anything, man, if, if you guys are sitting at home and you're still locked in, depending on the city that you live in, right, things aren't open. And so maybe you're still in a in a very small apartment, right? S- stuff with your family and you're just like, I can't wait to get out of here. But I would challenge you, man, to just look at what you kind of either took for granted or just take time for you, man. I think I learned a lot about my family dynamic, but also about myself, man. I think in this whole thing um, where I never took time to just like pause and go, okay, I need to do this. And one of the things I think that for me was I'm a go, 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 go person. And we're talking about this before about TV shows. Like I don't watch a lot of like, you know, people are always like, have you seen this series and this series and this series and this series? And I'm I'm, always, I'm not that either. Yeah. I hate like sitting, like I love watching movies, right? Because I can watch a movie in an hour and two hours and I'm done. Right. And it's not a a week long commitment. So I really enjoy watching movies and every, you know, once every two, three weeks, I'll sit down and watch a movie that I want to see. But TV shows, I watch reruns of stuff that I really like because I don't have to pay attention because I can leave it on in the background. Right. Like, um, but one of the things that I did when COVID first started was I literally took like two weeks and that's all I did was watch TV. Like I watched Netflix, I binge, I did whatever. And I oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I, and I don't do that. And I almost had to give myself permission to do that. And I think it was like a really good reset for myself, for my brain, for my, like, because I almost, and again, this goes back to the stuff we were talking about before, I felt like I should be doing something. And it was like, according to who? Like, why should I be doing something? Like, why can't I just take this time? I'm home. I can't go out. I can't do stuff. Why can't I just sit down and watch, you know, 12 episodes of Narcos and just like, hey, like, enjoy it. Like, you're going to be pretty soon. We're all going to be back to work every day wishing we had this time. Like, I remember for the first time ever, it's like, wow, we're eating dinner every night together. And I did have time to like, you know, do stuff with my kids and, and, you know, whether it was dinner or a TV show or you listen to stories. And it was like, huh, like, this is cool. Like maybe the stuff I was valuing before was kind of meaningless. And I think that, that this whole lockdown thing really did show us that man. Um, and it's something that I think won't change. I think for a lot of, I mean, there's definitely people who are going to go back to status quo, but I think there's a lot of people, and we always talk about this, like people who found either a job or their family dynamic or whatever that they said, you know what? Like, it doesn't have to be like this. This COVID thing showed me a different route. Yeah. 
And you know what, man? Let me let me let me end with this, bro. So with with regards to COVID, um, you know, one of the things that that we've been doing because we've been staying home, people are doing a lot of like home projects and shit like that. So um, places like Home Depot and Lowe's have have benefited like oh, immensely yeah. um, due to COVID. So Home Depot did something really cool. So their earnings last year or their earnings this year for the third quarter um, increased like 23% from last year, which is huge, right? So instead of just taking that and going like, ah, we had a great year, um, they invested like a billion dollars into their employees. Wow. So what they've been doing, man, they, is that they, they took like, they, they started off with um, some additional time off um, and then they were doing like temporary uh, weekly bonuses for their employees and then they go, you know what? We're going to take this billion dollars and we're going to make it permanent and give and give all of our hourly employees permanent raises. Wow. Good for them, man. So I was like, and, and, they, and they actually came out and they, and they go, listen, like we realize that our employees are our competitive advantage. Absolutely. And I think that goes for every industry it's and companies, every industry. companies lose sight of it's that. just that who, you know, who notices that, right? Like who, who notices and acknowledges that? And so, I, and so kudos to, to, to Home Depot for doing that. Absolutely. I always, I'm sure you've been to like Chick-fil-A. Yep. And Chick-fil-A is always has the top notch. Like I always joke, like you should let these guys count the votes. Let them give out the vaccine. Like they're amazing. <laughs> like Chick-fil-A's Yo, it's customer true, service. Yeah. It's, it's top it, notch. It's, it's impactful. It's out of this world. So uh, we have a mutual friend, Alex. Yeah. Um, so he, his sister works for Chick-fil-A. And, oh, okay. and, and she's kind of like down this, this higher route. But what's, one the, of the, what's the secret? But dude, so I asked him because obviously he has a, a good relationship with his sister. And they've talked about it. I asked him like, dude, what did she say about the... Um, like I've always been curious, like I want to read a training manual or something from Chick-fil-A and, and how their management personnel handles things and all that. And it's like, he was telling me like, it's very simple. Like she, what, what she was telling him, it's kind of like, they just treat their employees so well that they're just so positive that it's not like there's a manual going, Hey, you do like this and this is how you handle this way. There obviously is like procedures, right. but they go, they're so they treat their employees so well that their employees are so happy to be there, be there that it shows in the work that they do. Like one of the things he told me, like his sister's on a um, on a path to become, uh, you know, run her own store. Okay. Eventually, so and and I've looked at what it would be like to uh, buy a franchise. I, I've I looked at multiple franchises. I wanted to to get into that, and Chick Fil A was one of the ones that I looked at again because of the service is so good and and it's always packed, right? And I remember looking up. Okay, yeah, what their quality? Like it's fantastic. It the food tastes great. But let me tell you something. I, I've had, I've had Chick Fil A in like in like I would call it bumfuck. It was someplace in North Carolina by like Appalachian State University. It was in the mountains, bro. And the the customer service and the quality of food was the same that I've had everywhere. Wow. Yeah. See, and I won't get into. So I did a bunch of research and I read their stuff on their uh, um um their documentation and all that for owning a franchise yeah. um, because I did want to go that route. I'm never going to be able to do it, uh, but, <laughs> and I'll tell you why that is later on. You but, don't, you don't go to church. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> that's one. But, um, they, so what, what he was telling me was that his sister gets all these kinds of coaches, like life coaches, almost like oh, therapists. Wow. So like she gets like a life coach. Um, she gets like a business coach. She gets all, and all this stuff is covered by the company. So like a life coach is like, oh, you're a therapist. Wow. So like, how are you feeling? What's going on this week? What's doing that? And it's free. And it's like a weekly catch up. It's like, and then she has all these business, I think what they call mentors. 
Yeah. And um, and they they basically teach you business stuff, and and they keep up with you, and and you're constantly in communication with them, and all that. And it, go, it just goes to show, man, you invest in your employees, and they 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 show out. One of the things I think again, COVID, I think exposed were the companies that there's a lot of companies that got into cost savings. And then you saw the companies that went into retention. Um, I've read a lot of like, obviously, I'm in the finance accounting world. And so one of the things I, I read a lot of was like these CFO kind of like uh, journals and things like that. And whether it was Wall Street Journal and, and all these fine the Forbes and all this. Um, but one, the consistent theme you saw across a lot of CFOs and all that was like they doubled down on employee retention because they knew, hey, business name may not be well, but I need to keep these people. Um, and so how do I keep these guys? And then I can't spend money right now. And so they started looking at all these ancillary kind of perks that didn't cost money. Like, and some of them were PTO, like, Hey, do I give them more time off? Do I, do I say, Hey, I'll cover your college tuition. Maybe that's not an expenditure that I have to get hit with until six months, 12 months from now. Do I give them uh, more time off? Do I let them work from home more often? Do I, you know, so, and there was all these things that employee retention became a big part of this because you went, yeah, I don't have the revenue, but I don't want these guys to walk away. I want to lose. I I, want to keep these people because eventually things are going to turn around and I'd hate to lose great talent. Um, so, man, that's fantastic to hear that Home Depot, because it, how many companies would have just kept that and been like, yep, our bottom line was fantastic. That hurts their bottom line. That right. Like at the end of this year for Home Depot, it, it's not going to look like they made that much extra money because they're going to have the expense uh, that they put back into their employees. Right. But I guarantee you that'll show when you go to Home Depot and 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 you're dealing with an employee from there and then um, and you have their management and all that. like it, it just I think your product is so much better and that gets lost for so many people when your people are happy they are your product right like they I don't care how good of a thing it is that you're selling if you're selling an iMac and your customer support is shit I'm never buying an iMac again yeah right, I mean so. and, and I think there's like a an old like sort of saying from from a management standpoint right it's like take care of your people and your people will take care of the customers absolutely this and um I've managed people for a long time and I'm not a perfect manager by any means, but I will say that like one of the things I've learned, and I was a shitty manager. I worked at I was a manager at a Fortune five hundred, probably too young. And um one of the things I learned from there very early on was that your people will make you look as good or as bad as you wanna be. And um I've had people make me look like a moron and I've had people make me look great. And it all dictated on how I treated those people. So, you know, I think a lot of companies could t- t- take notes from that from the whole yeah, people, man. man. So shout out to them, man. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome, dude. All right, bro. Cool, Tell them where they can find us, All bro. right, man. Hey, you guys, uh, again, uh, thank you guys for listening, supporting, uh, commenting, engaging with us, man. This is so fun. We love doing this every week. We're at the Carbon Footprint Podcast on Instagram and on YouTube. Same thing. Um, I'm at Juan on stage on Instagram, at JuanOnStage.com. Um, eventually, I hope to get out and, and give attempts at this whole comedy thing. So uh, I think I'm going to start getting out again, doing open mics and all that. I haven't done uh, very many. So uh, I'm going to start doing that again soon. Uh, check out my Instagram. I do have some old clips on there from me doing some stuff. But um, yeah, man, follow us. Keep, keep listening, man. Uh, uh, the streams have been going up, man. And and I, I couldn't be more thankful. Man, yeah, for man. The people. I haven't checked this week, but um, but I know that they have been going up lately. We really appreciate you guys. And if you can leave us a, a, a rating and, and a comment, especially if you're on like the Apple podcast. I don't know. If, I don't know if all the, um, the streaming services allow um, you to leave uh, reviews and stuff. But if you can do it. If not, it's all good. We appreciate you anyway. And um, I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week, man. Peace. Peace.